This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hi everyone, it's Doc with a special announcement. We are going to take a cruise through some of our most popular episodes from prior seasons to get everyone fired up in the hiking off-season. Now, our new content will continue to drop on Saturdays each week, but we will also be re-releasing these great episodes on Monday for your morning commute. I know you've all heard about Classic Rock. Well, we're going to call these episodes Classic Dock. Sit back, settle in, and enjoy the ride. Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. All right, greetings, hikers. Thank you for tuning into the John Freakin' Muir Pod. I'm Doc, and I'm your host. For the next stretch of episodes, we head back up to the Sierras and focus on one section of the John Muir Trail at a time. This week's focus will be the section from Muir Trail Ranch to Muir Pass. It's not the first or last section of the trail. In fact, it's right in the middle. Some of you might ask, Doc, why are you starting your analysis of the trail there? Well, that was one of my favorite sections and I'm the host, so there you go. Joining me for this episode is fan favorite and accomplished whirly bird expert, Chopper. Welcome back to the pod, Chopper. What have you, what have you been up to since our jumbo-sized adventure media episode? Well, mostly it's just been uh, hanging out in isolation like everybody else in the world these days. 
But uh, other than that, you know, plotting out our next uh, hikes and our mm-hmm. next uh, trips. Unfortunately, all the national parks are closed. That's right. We have to work through it. Well, we just keep moving our dates back further and further. So we're kind of stuck in limbo right yeah, now. Yeah, we'll, we'll get up. We'll get back up there. And by now, I'm sure you've noticed that uh, Chopper is coming through one of your speakers mostly, and I'm coming through the other speaker. That is done in the name of social distancing. Uh, we've had to kind of adjust the way we operate here, and so we are. Uh, a good, I don't know, eight, ten feet away from each no other in the outdoors. That's another thing. We're out here in the, the outdoors of uh, the dock household on the back patio. So apologies for any ambient noise that you might hear through the podcast. But again, all for the name of safety. But we're, we're totally in stereo right now. Left side, right side. Yes. It'll be, it'll be fun. That's right. All right. So, Chopper, let's bring back an old favorite. And have you named three items in your line of sight in the studio here? Well, we have the uh, hand sanitizer, which is very topical. It's an important addition. uh, We have a uh, lovely succulent, and uh, it looks like... (laughs) (laughs) And it looks like a a tree that's really trying to recover from the winter. Yeah, okay, bit by bit. We We are just breaking into spring here, so give it a chance. All right. So let's get to this episode's section of the trail in just a few minutes. But first, let's get the preliminaries out of the way. Ladies and gentlemen, we have had a huge spike in listeners this week. It must be really boring out there. People are confined and they're, they're tuning in. So not only has the country... No, it of, was the uh, one uh, stormy night episode. That's what brought it That was it? That was, yeah. It caused a groundswell of, of exactly. listeners? Nice, nice. So not only has the country of Croatia joined us, making that 13 countries tuning in, but we are also up to 35 states and the District of Columbia in our domestic listenership. Oh, you need some territories now, like Guam or something like that. So that is an improvement of four states and a District of Columbia, I guess. What do you think of that, Chopper? Uh, Very impressed. When you first brought up the idea of uh, doing the podcast, it was like, eh, two, three episodes, that'll be fun. It'll be a lark. (laughs) And here we are on episode number 11. All right. Also, I want to thank our listeners who took me up on my request and left ratings and reviews. As promised, I will give a shout-out to Soy Sauce, who was the first to review the pod after last week's episode. Thank you, Soy Sauce. Now, when we come back from the break, we're going to take an in-depth look at the portion of the JMT from Muir Trail Ranch to Muir Pass. Stay tuned. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water, using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. 
Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. Okay, welcome back and let's get to it, Chopper. Hey, I also want to mention that this is our first outside broadcast, Very so exciting. congratulations. Uh, you're, in, you're, in, you're in here for another first. That's right. And also, this is our, our first time that we've had a host, co-host come back for uh, a third time. That's right. So, Good thing Buddy was busy. That's right. Know? Mrs. Two more, Buddy wouldn't let him out of the house. Two more trophies coming your way. <laughs> oh really? Yes, they'll be they'll be sanitized oh, yeah. before they get to your house. I didn't realize there was going to be a prize. Yes, how many is that now? You've got I think five trophies at least. Yeah, from from the podcast. Yes. Did when you got into podcasting, you didn't know there'd be so many trophies and awards. No, it, uh, you know, I, my I had to get my tuxedo out of the closet for all the award mm-hmm. ceremonies, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, we we kind of spiked earlier this week. We hit number eighty three on the U.S. charts in the Wilderness Podcast. So pretty exciting That's a about very that. Special niche group of yeah. eighty five podcasts. You'd be happy to know that two days later, now we are out of the out of the charts altogether. Wow. So I'm hoping that this this particular episode will propel us back up into. Well, you know, the my head will be rare really air. really big after yeah. if, uh, if we pop back up. Very good. All right, we're going to talk about this section of the. Uh, from MTR to Muir Pass, but I think we also have to talk about how hikers can access this portion of the trail. So first off, I took a quick look on Google Maps to refresh my memory, and it looks like this section, not counting the hike from Florence Lake to Muir Trail Ranch, is just shy of 21 miles, with an elevation of 7,300 feet at Florence Lake, uh, up to 11,955 feet at Muir Pass. And so I saw that 21 miles, and now looking back, I'm kind of embarrassed because I think we had two campsites between Florence Lake and Muir Pass, which means that we were pretty much lightweights on that first trip. Well, that was our first time on the trip, Mm -hmm. on the trail. That's where we started, and I think Buddy talked about getting there uh, the first time uh, on his episode. But it was crazy. I mean, we just got our butts kicked we were really cocky. We got this. We've been doing all this training mm-hmm. in Southern California up in mm-hmm. the mountains around here. It was I was not prepared for the elevation. It was r- super hot. Yeah. And it was just it I was I was in a bad way for those two and a half days. I was right there with you. And in fact I've I've done that trip across Florence Lake on the water taxi. I put that in air quotes. It's not really a, the boat. a taxi, it's a boat, ski <laughs> boat, right? Uh, I've been on that, that water taxi three times been dropped off at the far side of Florence Lake and that first stretch of you know three four five miles to Muir Trail Ranch just it kicked my butt every single time I, I was think it's out the of breath altitude. It's yeah the first time you're hitting at that 8,000 feet and you go and mm-hmm. it's it's not super steep but it's not flat no yeah you're go- you're going up it's it's like you said not super steep but you are definitely going up and um, yeah I think you're right the altitude really kicks in and and oh yeah because you, you're jumping in in the middle at eight thousand feet it's like go yeah and it's no fun to start your hike and you, you're in you're in your hike for like maybe two hours and you're like what the heck am i doing out here this is not fun i'm i'm, I'm already hammered well it was our first trip too so i yeah. my bag was like 40 pounds you know i was 
I'm cocky. I got this. I'm strong. I can carry anything. I can walk for forever. Well, you're a strapping <laughs> young man. I mean, 40 two pounds miles in, much. I was ready to pass out. And I, <laughs> I think I got dehydrated at the start because it was the altitude. Plus, it was a really hot day, mm-hmm. and we were just dragging. Yeah. So we had two campsites, like I said, between uh, Florence Lake and Muir Pass. We had a campsite just a bit past Paiute River and the Paiute Bridge. And then we had another one at Lake Wanda, just shy right. of, of Muir Pass. Lake Wanda was one, you know, I think we talked about in the superlatives episode. That's that was right. still my favorite campsite the next morning. Mm-hmm. The night of was brutal. Yeah, was and I don't know about you. and horrible. I don't know about you guys. I've been spending a lot of time scrolling through various Facebook groups in my all my free time these days. And uh, <laughs> I, come, creepy. I, I belong to, I think, six or seven different hiking groups. A um, couple of them very specific to the John Muir Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail. And every time I come across a picture of Lake Wanda, I don't even have to read the, the caption. Yep. I, I know that scene. It is it was one of, the, one of the best one of the best settings out there. I wouldn't recommend it at night in a whipping wind, but other than that it was a it was a gorgeous place to, to yeah. spend the night. Yeah. Gorgeous place that. to wake up in the morning. That's right, there you go. All right. So let's talk about getting there. How do you, how do you get to Florence Lake? Well, you drive up from Fresno. Uh, you take Highway 168 to Kaiser Pass Road. And I have to tell you, Kaiser Pass Road is just absolutely delightful. You may remember from uh, Episode 2 with Buddy, our talk about um, the drive up there and how Mrs. Buddy, who was going to make the return trip solo, uh, got very quiet when she realized what this was going to be like in the dusk and, and early Cause it, dark. It's road in air quotes. It's it's a little sketchy. There's a lot mm-hmm. of washouts, and it's hanging off the side of the cliff, and mm-hmm. it just gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And it's two-way traffic, and you got to pull out and yeah. get around people. It's, it's a little hairy. Yeah. So you, um, you go to Prather, the, the town of Prather, and there's a ranger station there. That's where we picked up our permit. And, um, well, the reason we jumped in there is because it was easier to get a permit correct. on the trail going out of Lake Florence. That's what both, both times we went in there, we went into the middle and went opposite directions. Right. You could get the permit a lot easier than say out of mm-hmm. Happy Isles or out of Whitney. Right. Now from, from Prather, you have to go 53 miles east to get to Florence Lake. And the first 36 miles, which takes you to about Huntington Lake, are, are pretty decent. It's a road. What you would think of when someone says the word road. Yeah. It's, got, it's got a lane in each direction, at least one lane in each direction, and it's paved. But it's 50 miles of road, but you probably, that's a crow fly, it's probably go like 20. Yeah. It's pretty windy A lot of twists and, and turns. First 36 miles are not bad. The last 17 miles are what made Mrs. Buddy very, very quiet and pensive during our, our trip out to Florence Lake. Uh, there, we were a little worried that uh, Mrs. Buddy would have been packed up and gone by the time we got off the trail. Yeah, <laughs> she was not happy with us. So, get dropped off at Florence Lake, and we stayed that that year in in 2015. We stayed at Jackass Meadow campground which i thought was very fitting for it us it was it was appropriate for us uh-huh. it's right below the dam that makes up florence lake so you're we're looking up this massive dam it's like you know what i hope that holds while we're uh, camping down here that'd be the, mm-hmm. the worst way to end, start the trip and end the trip at the same time yeah so i mean jackass meadow that that year was it was open uh camp spots were were nice there were fire rings there was a restroom uh, all the all the amenities. It was a real drought year, so the water was super low. 
So the lake was super low, and I think they had it actually closed for maintenance too, or something. They were working on it. Yeah, <laughs> they were working on it. So there was no one in mm-hmm. in the campsite but us. Mm-hmm. It was kind of nice. Yeah. Now when I went back in 2017 with jukebox, uh, Jackass Meadow was actually closed. That really? campground was closed. We actually had to camp. Um, it was in a day spot near the near the side of the lake. Okay, which actually would be better because Jackass Meadows at the bottom of the dam, and if you remember, we had to hitch a ride to get to the top of the dam to the lake. We jumped in the back of a open truck of a couple of guys who were out shooting or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was about a half mile from the from the lake from the store in the lake, and God forbid that we we do an extra half mile on this 125 mile trip. Yeah, well, you know we so. wanted to, <coughs> we wanted to start start strong, start fresh. That's Although right. those guys looked like they were out of something, uh, you know. Duck Dynasty type of guys. It was, mm. they, were, they, were, they were friendly, but they were kind of interesting. They were. We all piled in and got there, so that was good. And then we, we hopped into the water taxi, which runs uh, was it every half hour or so. Yeah, but it didn't open until like 8 a.m., so we're just like milling around, killing time, mm-hmm. walking in and out of the store. You ready yet? Nope. You ready yet? Nope. So if you're going southbound, if you're if you're going to take, you start at the store and then you're going to go across the lake, it's very easy. You just wait for the store to open, you buy your tickets, and you... You get on the boat when they tell you to get on the boat. If you're coming back from the other direction, though, there is a phone. Uh, oh, that's right, on the other side of the, the other lane. There's a phone on a tree. And you, you pick that. up the phone, and it, it rings the store, and you tell them, hey, I'm here, I need to come across, and they'll send a boat out. So it's like probably a half hour, 40 minutes right. uh, from your phone call to when they get over there and, and pick you up and you get back to the other side. So. Well, yeah, there's not too much in uh, Lake Florence. There's a bait shop and the boat that's a taxi yeah that's it that's, that's it. about it they do have minimal supplies in the store at uh the shop there um i don't think i don't think you could do a full resupply but you could you could grab a couple of items and uh i think in 2017 jukebox had forgotten to pack his headlamp uh so we bought an extra one of those at the store but uh you know high prices and limited uh quantities yeah super friendly people though mm-hmm. yep and so once you get dropped off on the other side, then you've got a uh, 4.1 mile hike to Muir Trail Ranch. Chopper, what 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 is Muir Trail Ranch? Well, it is a ranch that's right in the middle of the trail. It's a private property, and they actually have a hot springs there that, and you can rent spaces. and It's mm-hmm. also a resupply area, mm-hmm. so a lot of people were having all of their deliveries. I, I guess it's from the Lake Florence people bring it over and drop it off and when we were it's also the uh, area where the trail gods leave off all their uh, their free gear of things that people mm-hmm. don't get resupplied but it's funny it's it's a ranch in the middle of nowhere and there's lodges and cabins and you can rent space and it's spend like, the night kind of like glamping right <clears throat> exactly that's what yeah. it was that smells a little funky but you know yeah and there are hiker buckets in there where like you said people have have uh, Either gotten sick of carrying it or sick of eating it, and they drop off their their castoffs into these hiker buckets, and you're free to uh, pick away at whatever's been left there. Yeah, there were two guys rooting around through all the buckets. Mm-hmm. Uh, we poked around in it, but we had we were just starting, so we didn't need anything. But right. just kind of checking it out. It's like you know, old supplies of food mm-hmm. and uh, you know, half a roll of duct tape and. Uh, Right. A, a broken trekking pole and things like that. Yeah, and the Muir Trail Ranch folks um, are very, I would say, accommodating of the through hikers or section hikers. They even if you're not staying at Muir Trail Ranch, they have a section uh, set aside for hikers to come and sit down, 
you know, weigh their packs, go through the hiker buckets, take a breather. Uh, you can't kind of go outside of that area, but I mean, the fact that they have an area at all, I think, yeah. is is very accommodating. So, no, good people. And they had horses there too. I think that was mm-hmm. also where they had some resupplies for different areas where they could take the horses and the the, the pack mules and things around. Yeah, and we didn't take advantage of the hot springs. You mentioned them in in your comments there, but they're called Blaney Hot Springs, and I think it's just outside of Muir Trail Ranch, and they're open to the public. Uh, you know, like you said, we were just getting started, so we didn't feel like a, a, a side field trip at that point. Right. But uh, I know that others on the trail, and I've read about uh, PC tiers who who get to that lo- that spot in the trail and, and take advantage of the of the hot springs. And isn't that where the Muir Cabin is in that same area? Not that quite. A, that's up a little further. Up it? a little bit further. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about that in just a second. So you leave Muir Trail Ranch and you head towards the Paiute Bridge and the Paiute River, which is about three point three miles away. And it is a rocky, exposed path to get there. Yeah. There's not, not, a, not a lot of trees. And like I said, it was really warm, and we were dragging. Yeah. And when we got to uh, Paiute, it was just, we were just going to sit here and stare at, stare at each other for a while. It yeah. It was rough. Not a lot of shade at all. And um, you brought it up just a second ago, the Muir Trail Cabin. I didn't even know this existed. I've been on that path now at least three times and have not... Didn't even have a clue that there was a cabin on the way between Muir Trail Ranch and the Paiute Bridge. See, I thought it was originally it was one of the cabins near the, the ranch. So it was down further? It was down further, okay. yeah. Yeah, the description I have, it says that the John Muir Trail Commemorative Cabin was built in memory of John Muir, obviously. That makes sense. They named it well. Mm-hmm. The log cabin is located on the right side of the trail as you hike south a short distance before the Paiute Creek Bridge. So as you're coming up on the Paiute Bridge, right. Paiute Creek Bridge is on your right-hand side, and I don't think we, we even... The main river was right there. Yeah, I don't think we even looked that direction. Noticed. So um, It's visible from the trail, but some hikers have walked right past it without noticing that, that it. That would be us. That'd be us. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. You walk by it once. I've walked by it three times. <laughs> so, uh, no. Twice. Twice. You did yeah. it twice. That's right. That's right. No, you did it twice. I've done it once. That direction. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Very good. Because um, we went left the last time as opposed to right. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Do you remember that time in 2015 when we made that, fir- made that first hike out there? We encountered a family. It was a father and two kids. Yeah, and they had just like gone to REI and bought a bunch of gear, and they were going to go hiking. And they were in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, here, here they are at Paiute Bridge. And I was they're coming the other direction, so they were hop- hiking the opposite direction of us. And I actually took a look on Google Maps this week and tried to figure out. I don't know where they came where in. the jumping in point was because, uh, if I remember correctly, they were not dressed appropriately. I think the dad had some loafers on. It he was, was like he was like in slacks. Yeah, they were. They were, like, they were <laughs> it was not, not hiking right. gear. They all had blisters. They didn't. All their stuff still had wrapping, you know, plastic around it. And yeah, the dad actually approached us and was talking about his two kids. One of them had huge blisters on her, on her heel and on her feet, and he was asking, okay, what is the best place to, to get off the trail? And I was trying. I was. I was how completely confused as to how they were there with no supplies. Where did they come from? I don't know if they came in through Paiute Pass it or what like it was. It looked like a dad who had the kids for the weekend and was like, I got a great <laughs> idea. Let's go let's go backpacking. The kids were miserable. Yeah. And you know, Buddy was helping the, 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 with the, uh, the girl with the blisters. And of course. His name's Buddy. Yeah. He's Buddy, so he's helping. 
Yeah, that's that. I'm sure they still talk about that trip as well, but probably not the same way we talk not about fondly. our trips. I don't think they're going to be one of your new followers. No. no, no, I'm pretty sure they're not listening right now. I feel pretty so, confident about yeah. that. Yeah, so we're not offending anybody. No. So after you cross the Paiute Bridge and you take a little breather there, if you like, um, then there is a another bridge further down, about three and a half miles away. It doesn't have a name, I don't think. No. Actually, there's two bridges. There's two bridges. The second bridge is three and a half miles away. Uh, we cross that, that bridge. The bridges cross over that river, Paiute River, uh, a couple of times. Actually, I think this, Pai- is, this is the San Joaquin River, the big one. Paiute River yeah. feeds into San Joaquin, and then, then you have two bridges that cross over. Um, on our trip, we actually camped directly after that first bridge after Paiute Creek. There's a little campsite on the – if you – if you go right, when you come off the bridge, there's a, a nice campsite there. I'll post some pictures of it on social media, of that, that first campsite. Um, that was where I made some donations to the, <laughs> the trail gods that first trip. I said, that was the night I was lying in bed going, what the hell am I doing here? And there yeah. was mosquitoes everywhere. And that's when I realized, I mean, I'm not a fan of mosquitoes, but we don't have a lot of them here. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. And yeah. you're, we're covered in, we had the, the stupid nets over our heads and trying to uh, keep them off us. Yeah, so completely exhausted, uh, bugs everywhere, things biting you. You can't even make it to, to uh, maybe to, 8 to, o'clock. To darkness. Yeah. It's still light when we're in our tents trying to go to sleep. I mean, talk about embrace the suck. That's weird, weird. But it was nice because we had a campfire, and that was. We were just sitting around. That was one of the nights we were just staring at the fire. Yeah. And Buddy was going, we didn't make enough miles. We didn't make enough. Yeah. We're so screwed. We're yeah, never we, going to get out of here. We heard from Buddy the next, I think, two or three days of, hey, we got to pick up the pace. Well, he sat us down like at lunch the next day. He's like, okay, guys, we're, we're really going to have to change our, uh, our program here. Mm-hmm. That's why we ended up going all the way to, to Wanda Lake that night. Yes. Because we had to catch up. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we'd still be on the trail. Yeah. Yep. So after the second bridge crossing, um, from there up to Evolution Valley uh, is about 5.4 miles from that second bridge to the end of Evolution Mile. So uh, Evolution Valley. So I guess it's it's 1.4 miles up from that bridge to Evolution Valley, and Evolution Valley is about four miles long, is what yeah. I, what I've seen. So. But it's also another one of those long, gradual ups. You, there's no downs on the getting to Evolution Valley. No, <clears throat> it's it, and again, it's day two. We're not quite acclimated, and just it was. I was not in a. I was not in a good place. Yeah, we did. I not was going to follow the family that uh, <laughs> figure out how to, how to get that. How to get out. We did not hit downhill until day three. So our first yeah. two days were, were pretty much steady uphill. Coming down Muir Pass. Uh huh. And then we we finally hit downhill on on day three. But uh, in Evolution Valley, we've got uh, McClure Meadow. I tried to do some research on, you know, who is McClure? Who, Troy McClure. Is it the Troy? The Simpsons. No? No, no I don't guy. think so. Different guy. I don't think so. You said that seriously. I, I, was, I was getting <laughs> ready to buy it. You were too excited. I was ready to hear the story of Troy McClure and his explorations. So. I couldn't think of any of the movies he was in from The Simpsons off the mm-hmm. top of my head. So, so I'm sure McClure was uh, some, some naturalist back in the day. Yes. But Either that or uh, one of John Muir's illegitimate children, which most of the lakes are named after. Could be, yes. I've heard that story too. 
So you have McClure Meadow, which was absolutely gorgeous. In fact, I have a couple of pictures yep. which I will I will post on on the on the Big social wide media. Meadow. It was really neat. Huge wide meadow, but I've got a picture of Buddy and Chopper on the path, kind of just gazing in wonder at <laughs> McClure Meadow, just kind of slack jawed and. Uh, it was. Is a, that the panel where we're each on opposite sides, yes. just kind of staring? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mouth agape. Great shot. Great shot. And then also, just past McClure Meadow, you've got McClure Ranger Station. Do you remember seeing that? I think it was off to our left. I remember looking at it, seeing it. We didn't stop in for that. No, one. we did not. Yeah. We did not. That's back when we were you know, trying to stay away from the Rangers. Right, right. So even though those first two days were going steadily uphill, the portion in Evolution Valley was fairly flat. Yeah. It's just a long, skinny valley. Yeah. And you big high peaks around you. Yeah, 2015 we crossed Evolution Creek uh, at the very start of Evolution Valley. It was uh, like it wasn't a high snow year. It was maybe uh, very, maybe knee deep. Yeah, maybe. very easy crossing. Uh, in 2017, when Jukebox and I were there, it was a high snow year and the water was raging. And that point where the crossing took place right at the trail, it was too dangerous. And so uh, Jukebox and I actually went. A little further uh, south uh, through the valley and crossed closer to McClure Meadow. Yeah, you were saying it was really marshy. It was marshy. It was uh, the river was much wider and slower. I think we still hit up to our waist, but it wasn't wasn't dangerous at all. Where it would have been if we had tried to cross where the the John Muir Trail crossed the the creek there. Yeah, we were pretty lucky on the, that first year. It was low snow level, so all the crossings were pretty simple. Yeah, we didn't do any post holing. Nope. We didn't uh, at all. A little bit of snow that we walked by, but I don't think we ever actually walked through snow. Yeah, I think we looked at each other and said, Dave, well, this isn't this so, is so bad. bad. What's everybody complaining but about? But there was still plenty of water for drinking and everything yeah. else, so we didn't miss it. It was ideal for a first, a first hike, a first big hike. Uh, I think if we had run into some other conditions, maybe we'd, we wouldn't have done this again. <laughs> but uh, it was a good, good first uh, through hike, so or section hike. All right, so you come to the end of Evolution Valley, and then you're going uphill again. You come to some switchbacks, which uh, for about a mile and a half, you're going up and up and up. Um, and it was during that time up the switchbacks that you could see the Hermit. Remember the Hermit? Yep. Big, uh, single, almost like Fin Dome, but a little further away. Mm-hmm. Uh, big, giant mountain. Big, giant mountain. Uh, tops out at 12,328 feet. Uh, it's named, there's, Chopper is showing me a picture on his iPad right now. Uh, it's named the Hermit because it's the lone high peak in that area. And some details about the Hermit. It was named by the early Sierra explorer, Theodore Solomons. Oh, I thought it was going to be like Bob Hermit or something no, like that. No, no, Theodore Solomons, who in 1896 said this about the mountain. A colossal sugarloaf-shaped buttress of fractured granite stood sharply up the advanced guard of the host of peaks presently to be described yet so conspicuously separated from them as to suggest the name the hermit that's what i thought of when i saw it yeah i was going to ask you he says it's a colossal sugar loaf shaped buttress what what exactly is a sugar loaf um i think it's probably something that was more from that era <laughs> we don't have a lot of sugar loaf although sugar loaf mountain is the one in rio de janeiro that with uh 
Jesus on the top. That has the oh, same is that shape. it? Okay. Yeah, that's, I think that's called Sugarloaf right. Mountain. You know, when, when we go in after this episode we'll is done, I, oh, I'm not even going to Google it. I'm just going to ask, I'm gonna ask uh, Mrs. Doc, do we have a Sugarloaf in the kitchen? <laughs> Let's see, see what she says. Make your own. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, once, you, once you get to Evolution Lake, um, from there it's about 3.9 miles to Wanda Lake. But before we get to Wanda, let's talk a little bit about uh, Evolution Lake. What were your what were your immediate impressions when you, you we finally crested that plateau and, and saw the lake in front of us? It's one of those places that's just like so beautiful, so pristine. You're in the middle of this valley with really tall peaks around you, <clears throat> and it's one of those great mirror lakes. So all of the pictures we have of it, you know, the, the mountains are on the other side, and it really is stunning. But uh, it's a long, skinny lake, and it's like, okay, we're almost to the other side of that. We're almost to the other side. It's like, this is a big lake. Yeah. But uh, you walk right along the edge of it, and there there's flowers everywhere. Um, it, it was a really, really pretty place. Yeah, so if you're going southbound on the Jummer Trail, just kind of picture this. You come up to this lake, and the path, the path goes to the left of the lake. So the lake's on your right-hand side, and you kind of follow the trail around this lake keeping the lake on your right and as you kind of get around that first initial turn um, all of a sudden you've got these towering peaks on your left and so you the path actually goes between these towering these two towering uh, mountains and and this lake on your on your right and I've taken pictures of those peaks and the pictures do not do it justice no I mean that is one of those areas the pictures don't work there's no way to experience the the immensity of those peaks without being there and being next to them. And you, you feel absolutely you feel tiny. tiny. Yeah. yeah. You are you are minuscule in comparison. And um, those two mountains to your left are Mount Darwin and Mount Mendel. And so I'm sensing a theme here with Evolution Valley, Evolution Lake, Evolution Creek, and then Mount Darwin and Mount Mendel. I don't get it. You don't get it? I don't get it. Okay. All right. Well, stick with me. I'm okay. going to explain right. a little Keep bit going. here. All right. So Mount Darwin, is uh, tow- it towers up there at about 13,837 feet. I said about, but I guess that's pretty Roughly, precise. Yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty yeah. precise. Uh, the first ascent of Mount Darwin was in 1908 by Ernest Clayton Andres and Willard D. Johnson. The modern name of the mountain was given given by in 1895 by Theodore Solomons, there he is again, and E.C. Bonner of the United States Geological Survey as part of a series of mountains named for the six major exponents of the theory of evolution. You with me on this? Uh, it's, starting to, it's starting to become more okay, clear. Okay, there you All go. Right. Mount Darwin is named for the naturalist Charles Darwin. And now, since this is the second time that Theodore Solomons has come up in this episode, I'm feeling that I might have to do another episode where I tell a story, like just like oh, last excellent. week, last week with Norman Clyde, and the, you know it was a dark and stormy night. I have to, I have to go through and explore uh, Theodore Solomon's life and see make if I can come up with make a, up some stories about him. Make up some yeah. stories and see if I can make it dramatic for everybody and kind of tell the story of uh, I'm gonna call him Teddy, Teddy Solomon's. <laughs> All right, uh, Mount Mendel is thirteen thousand seven hundred and sixteen feet. Uh, first ascent was July fifteenth, nineteen thirty, by Jules Eichhorn, Glenn Dawson, and John Olmsted. 
And Mount Mendel is named for Gregor Mendel, of an Augustinian friar who is known as the father of modern genetics. Now it all makes sense. Okay, it's becoming clear. So the history and reason behind the naming of Evolution Valley and the Peaks. Um, again, Teddy Solomons was an explorer and early member of the Sierra Club. And then from 1892 to 1897, he explored and named Mount Goddard, Evolution Valley, and Evolution Basin region in what is now Northern Kings Canyon National Park in Eastern California. He was instrumental in envisioning, exploring, and establishing the route of what became the John Muir Trail from Yosemite Valley along the crest of the Sierra Nevada to Mount Whitney. And that factual information right there is courtesy of our friend, Wikipedia. (laughs) 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 Got to give credit there. I can't uh, claim that's my own. So there you go. All right. So when when you finally get around Evolution Lake, you get to... um, more up. More up. And you also have to cross. You remember this? The yeah, crossing? The big, long cross, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a crossing there. You get to the, the southern terminus of the lake, and Evolution Creek is feeding into Evolution Lake. And you've got to cross the creek again now uh, to get to the other side and keep progressing up to Sapphire and Wanda Lake. It's probably a good 30 foot across, but there's at least very large stepping stones that you can hop from stone mm-hmm. to stone to stone. I imagine at high water, it's a little intense. Yeah. But for us, it was fun. Yeah, 2015, the, 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 the major portion of each stone was visible and dry uh, for our crossing. And right. it, was, it was easy, just you know, stepping stone to stepping stone. 2017 was a high snow year. A little sketchier. And it was sketchier. So there was less, you know, the rocks were still there, of course, and, but there was less rock exposed and they were pretty wet. Yeah, they were a good six inches out of the water when we went through the, the first yeah. time. Yeah, but very picturesque. Um, beautiful spot. Evolution Lake might be one of the, one of the, the most beautiful spots on the Yeah, on the it's, trail. it's amazing, like you said, that, but the mountains around it is it's very unique, mm-hmm. very picturesque. So now I want, there, before we get to Wanda Lake, there's a lake in between Evolution Lake and Wanda Lake, and that's Sapphire Lake. Before I share my impressions of Sapphire Lake, I want you to share your impressions to see if what you remember is what I remember. What I remember is as we were pulling into Sapphire Lake, we were considering camping there in uh that's when Buddy gave us the lecture that we had to keep going. Mm-hmm. So we decided, okay, you know what? Let's just have dinner here, and we'll then we'll just press on, <laughs> get to Wanda Lake, set up set up our tents, and go to sleep. Uh-huh. So pull out our uh, stoves. We're getting ready, and the bugs are everywhere. That's it. The bugs. That's there, what I remember. And we could not find a spot where there weren't bugs. No. I'm pretty sure I ate a few, a few bugs. Oh, yeah. They were delicious. So the, the bug net was over the face uh, during the cooking of the meal. But, of course, it's very tough to eat through a bug net. So you've got to you lift that up At some point, you've got to lift it up. But I think we had them, like, barely under our no- noses just to get the, the spork in. Yeah. And it was, uh, how fast can we get this down and get out of here? Mm-hmm. Beautiful lake, though. Yeah, Big, think- giant rock that we had set up on so we could, uh, you know, have our little fire uh, to cook the dinner. Mm-hmm. Actually, it wasn't fire. We had a little... Uh, Jet boils. Yeah. But it was like, this is going to be a beautiful spot. Sun was just starting to go down, so the colors were changing. And yeah, quite a, few the curious, quite a few curious marmots out there. That's right, as yep. they all are. Looking to see what kind of food they could score from us, but they were disappointed. But I think I had macaroni and cheese and probably five or ten 
I don't know what kind Large of bugs mosquitoes. they are. Yeah. The mosquitoes? They were like, like the, those gnats. kind of gnats that kind of swirl and swarm, and yeah, it was not, just nasty. Not necessarily biting bugs, but yeah. just annoying, because you're constantly inhaling them if you don't have your bug net on. And then from Sapphire Lake to Wanda Lake was really quite a death march, I remember. It was. It was just head down and go, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And then the wind started picking up, and it started getting cold. The closer we got to Wanda Lake, the colder it got. Yeah. And, and so, just imagine this is uh, at the end of a what for us, you know, our, sec- our, sec- our second day in on on a, a long section hike. Uh, it was a very long day. Uh, we were exhausted. We disappointed that we couldn't stop and camp at Sapphire. That you know, Buddy made us, which is probably a good thing. Mar- yeah, it was. It was a good decision. But still, probably I think I was a little resentful. We had to keep on going. I was disappointed, uh, and of course, because it was still uphill. And we got up to, to Wanda and kind of searched among the the rocks up there for a suitable. We came across yeah. finally. We came across a suitable camping site, which was obviously a camping site. There were flat yeah. areas. It's there. all set up, but there happened to be very large rocks that we could kind of tuck in behind mm-hmm. as wind breaks mm-hmm. as if, if, otherwise it would have been so exposed and my tent was flapping all night long yeah. it was impossible to get it tight enough so it wasn't making noise yeah now we've told the story a few times and i can't remember you know it's one of those things where you, you've heard it told uh a number of times so you're not sure if it's your story or if it's somebody else's <laughs> story remember that there there was one of us and help me help me on this chopper there was one of us who had to go to the bathroom after we arrived at Lake right, Wanda. Right. And I think one of us uh, scouted around for a suitable spot uh, to go to the bathroom. We dug the hole and was going about his business and then realized, as I'm, as I'm saying this, I think this is, I think this is my story. As I am crouched... As I'm crouched and in position, I realize that I am not that far off the trail and that there are, the there hikers, are hikers coming my direction. Um, fortunately, I was just far enough out of uh, the line of sight that they, did, they weren't looking left or right. They were, they were just marching forward. They were head down trying to get to their point of their next destination, <laughs> and I was undiscovered. But I, I think everybody's got a story like yeah. that where you, you think you're in a... In a obscure area you, you get ready you get all set up and then you realize the trail has made a right turn and it's right next to me yes yeah i mean one of the benefits of of camping at lower elevation is that there's plenty of trees around and plenty of, of spots to you know be discreet one of the problems at lake wanda was that uh, it, it was it was you know no trees at all i mean it's just rocky outcroppings because wanda is it at eleven thousand or no Pretty close. It's uh, pretty close to eleven. It's hot. It's up. There. It's up there. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's hard to sleep to boot. And, I don't have it, that stat here, but I think it's even without 11, the uh, the wind and everything. It's it's a it's a tough uh, place to sleep when you're that high. Yeah, and that was one of that was that night we were in our tents before it got dark. Yeah. I don't think I saw the stars, and uh, I tossed and turned all night. I don't know if it was the altitude or what, but I had the worst night of sleep it was probably well the combination of the wind whipping and the altitude mm-hmm. i don't i think we all kind of crawled out of our bed at daybreak it was like that was miserable mm-hmm. but luckily it was a beautiful morning it was you got some great got pictures some be- great pictures like i say that's that's still one of my uh my favorite places to think about mm-hmm. and so when we woke up that next morning 
um, we were two miles away from Muir Pass and right. Muir, Muir Hut. And so, um, for those of you unfamiliar with the trail, unfamiliar with the Muir Hut, Muir Hut was actually built, it's an actual stone structure built at Muir Pass. It was built in 1930 by the Sierra Club. Uh, leaders of the Sierra Club originally dedicated the memorial shelter in or on July 30th, 1933, during a boisterous ceremony that included speeches and musical performances held during the club's annual high country trip. Isn't there a story like someone schlepped a piano up there or something ridiculous? There's some weird story about that taking would be, instruments up to the Muir Hut. That would be quite a story. I, I, I go back and check that one. Yes, check that out. We'll, we'll report on that next episode. Excellent. Give me some homework. And so you mentioned earlier about the illegitimate children of uh, John Muir and the rumor that a lot of the, the lakes and... and uh, I think Wanda might be one of them. <laughs> no, actually, actually, I'm going to no? set you straight right, on right, this. Right. Wanda Lake, which is west of Muir Pass, and Helen Lake, which is east of Muir Pass. So it's the, the lakes on the immediate, side. immediate sides of, uh, of Muir Pass. Those are actually named after John Muir's daughters. And I believe they're the legitimate legitimate daughters. Daughters. Yes, legitimate say, daughters. And, and, uh, <laughs> yes, legitimate daughters. So Wanda Lake and Helen Lake there. So uh, back maybe to that's the, where we started the story. Maybe we invented all these stories. No, I think I think we had heard that from somebody that there were illegitimate that, that there were you know like Marie Lakes and uh, uh, Virginia was another Virginia one, Lake. Yeah. That's right. I think I think there there's a strong rumor out there that. Uh, not only did John Muir get around on the trails, but he got around. And so a lot of uh, illegitimate children. And my apologies to the heirs of uh, John Muir if that's not true, if I'm just perpetuating a myth, but it's a good story. We'll source ourselves for next time. Yeah. So back to the hut just for a second. It was, uh, it's an octagonal granite structure inspired by a National Geographic article in 1930 on the stone beehive homes of the Italian heel. So if you look at the country of Italy, right. you know it looks like a boot, right? I guess there were these structures in a in a, an article in National Geographic, and they were called the Stone Beehive Homes, and they were at, located on the the heel section right. of of the Italian peninsula there. So, so that's what inspired them to build that at the top of a pass and the correct. Sierras. They they Excellent. were struck by the structure and thought it'd be very appropriate. And, and well, it is kind of unique because it's the only stone structure we came across, mm-hmm. and it's. The only pass that has a structure on top of it. Mm-hmm. And it's got a fireplace inside there. It's all sealed up now. And there's like a plaque with antlers on it. It's it's really kind of homey. Yeah. And you can't stay. You can't camp there. Right. There, there are, I mean, I'm, I suppose people Strict have camped rules, there. but yeah. But there are rules Imagine saying that you... storm, they let you in. You should not camp there. It's there to... Uh, it's there as a memorial to John, Moore, John Muir, but also if there was inclement weather and you needed to get out of the yeah, you could, lightning storm. I'm sure you could... But I wouldn't recommend it. You could stay there for a bit. It's a pretty severe area. Most of the passes, obviously, they're pretty high. Mm -hmm. But there's not a lot around uh, the Muir Hut. Yeah. There is an actual uh, log in the the hut where you can sign the register. Okay. Um, I was picturing a log like in the fire. No, no, not not that kind of log. Uh, I I should have said the register. There's a register in there that you can sign to, to show that you were there. And uh, there's a, a bench that kind of goes around the perimeter. There's a fireplace, like you mentioned. And there's like <clears throat> books lying around that people have left behind. There's some books, yep. And we've got some great pictures in there. There's one particular picture of me. I, I know I have my cell phone in my hand, uh, which is kind of... Uh, Trying to get a signal? <clears throat> no, I, I think I was... 
I don't think I was looking for a signal. I think I was more taking notes. But you know, have a piece of technology in your hand uh, in that in, out, in that in that beautiful outdoor area, or sitting sitting in the hut is kind of uh, blasphemy. I know, but. Uh, my eyes, the picture caught me with my eyes kind of half closed. And it's like I'm in a, a state of ecstasy sit, sitting down in that hut. Uh, I'll, I'll post that on social media. That was a, one, of my, the Sierras, one of my favorite notes, pictures. Yeah, Thinking of podcasts. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what you really were doing, you're imagining. Hey, the podcast was not even an idea back in 2015. So, See, you're a renaissance <clears> man. It's <throat> right in the introduction. That's right. All right, so there you have it. We've, we've kind of covered the ground from Florence Lake up to Muir Trail Ranch all the way up to... Muir Pass, kind of giving you some of the highlights and the lowlights. Um, we didn't talk about it earlier, uh, Chopper, but what do you think? Do we have a, a pro tip inside of the week? Well, what came to mind for me was, you know, when we started the trip, we were pretty miserable. But you, you will acclimate. You will recover. You just got to keep going and pause and soak in the beauty. Because when you get home, the pictures don't do it justice. But yeah. Some of these places are the most beautiful places in the world. Yeah, and I, I think that is very appropriate for this episode. Um, talking about Mount Mendel and, and Mount Darwin and, and being in, the, in their shadow and trying to take pictures of that. And you come home and you show the pictures to your, your family and friends and they go, oh, yeah, yeah that's nice. That's pretty. Yeah, that's, uh, how pretty. It's very rocky. And it's like, no, no, you don't understand. That is, that is just so immense and impressive and that's the difference the scale a force of nature pictures yeah the scale does not come through and i'm not willing to carry around a a superior camera that would convey that scale I, right. I'm, I'm carrying my iphone around yeah. to take pictures and, and that's just how it has to be so yeah you're gonna save the weight yep all right so there you have it that's it episode 11 is in the books i hope you guys enjoyed it and I want to thank Chopper for helping me out here. No problem. Chopper, what section should we do on our next episode? I'm going to put the ball in your court. Okay. I'll have to think of a good one. Uh, you mean right now? Yeah, right now. I want, oh, I want, okay. I want you right to now. decide so we can start doing some research on this. All right. Well, let's look at the area around Ray Lakes. I think that was one of the prettiest sections. We'll have to figure stop and start of which pass to uh, start and go through. Okay. Well, let's but think about that. That, that Ray, is one of the prettiest areas. Ray Lakes. We camped. We camped just below Ray Lakes before we came to it, right? And that then we was went the, up there. That's Glen Pass above Ray, I think. Or is it, you go from Mather to Ray Lakes. Remember Woods Creek Bridge yep. down below that. Um, we'll find a good stop and start. Okay. But that area is really pretty. And there's a lot of trails that come in and out of there. Mm-hmm. So if people want to access it for a, a long weekend hike, you can get in and out of there. Okay. So Glen Pass, if you're going southbound, Ray Lakes is right before, before Glen Pass. And then you go over Glen Pass and you go up to Forester Pass. So maybe maybe the, the section we talk about is uh, the day just was- north of Ray Lakes, that yeah. campsite that we had that wasn't accessible to water. Remember that? Yep, yep. And then that we, was the deer walking through the uh, campsite go, night. That's right. And we go to uh, just past Forester Pass. We could talk about uh, that whole experience. That- very good. Okay. Good deal. Awesome. Sounds like a plan. All right. Remember, if you are interested in being a guest contributor to, to the John Freakin' Muir pod, there are a number of ways to get in touch. There's email at johnfreakinmuir at gmail.com, as well as Twitter at johnfreakinmuir, and Instagram, johnfreakinmuir. And for clarification, as always, there is no G in freakin'. 
Also, if you're hiking all or part of the JMT this season and would like to be a correspondent from the trail in order to share conditions and stories, please get in touch and let's set that up. That is a wrap from the John Freaking Muir studio or the John Freaking Muir backyard back patio. Uh, any final thoughts, Chopper? No, it's been a lot of fun. I appreciate you inviting me back. And I just want to make a buddy extra jealous. Yes, uh, <laughs> I can hear him gnashing his teeth right now. So thank you for tuning in. And always remember, the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck.